Ho, ho, hello, pod. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to what? It's my intro for Bah Humbug. Is it? Yes. I mean, obviously, I know that. <laughs> well, you go ho, ho, hello, pod. Yeah. You go hello, pod. I don't know hello, pod. I was going to say, because technically that's my introduction, in which case uh, I would have to sue you for copyright infringement. It wouldn't work, but and go ahead. murder. Let's move on. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Ho, ho, hello, pod. Welcome to Bah Humbug, the Christmassy podcast that delves deep into Christmas-related movies, TV shows, and video games, Helen? Absolutely not. Okay, good. It's a good podcast. I've, I've listened to it many times. Many, many wonderful episodes of Bar Humbug. And here's another one. No, of course not. This is the Empire Podcast spoiler special for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is all very Christmassy. And uh, I'm joined here in the studio. I'm Chris Hewitt, if I mentioned that. Uh, I'm Chris Hewitt, and I'm joined in the studio today by three Christmassy colleagues of such lethal Christmas cunning. You've already heard Helen O'Hara, the host of the esteemed Bah Humbug. Yes, hello. Um, isn't it madness? Isn't it political correctness gone mad that they're calling this a holiday special? Lol, I know it's a joke. Lol. 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 Loliday special, more like. Uh, Uh, We're also joined in a lovely Christmas jumper, resplendent in gold Christmas trees, Neil Bat. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. That is a good Christmas jumper. I've got a decent one as well. Yeah, Yeah. you do. Not bad. I mean, I've got a star on mine. It's got to count for something. Someone's letting the side down. Someone is letting the side down. The Christmas Grinch. I am Grinch. And it is Ben Travis. Look, I didn't get the memo. I didn't even know I was doing this pod today. But I'm here. I, maybe I can scroll some festive stuff on my sweatshirt. And by the end of this, it'll be a big festive jamboree. Fantastic. You should do a dirty protest. You should uh, no. smear your, your chest. I mean, there's a pen here, Chris. I'm just going to use this. Ben, why did you say the phrase Christmas <laughs> poo? What, what is that? It's a little bit South Park back in the day. Yeah, yeah Mr. Hanky. Did you hear the one about the constipated mathematician? He worked it out with a pencil. Oh, no. now I want to put this pen down. <laughs> what a I have great never time. seen that pen before in my life. <laughs> it is all good. Anyway, start as you mean to go on, take the high road early, and then no one can accuse you of being lowbrow. Well, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> all right, so this is a discussion of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is, of course, available on Disney+. Plus. 45 minutes of Christmassy fun. Um, and this, is a, this was a tricky one. Because uh, initially I wasn't sure we were going to do a spoiler special for this because there's not a lot of broader MCU Guardians world building in this. It's all a bit slight. Okay, but right. First but of fun. all, yeah. First of all, it is a holiday special, and mm. we don't, I think, look to those for vast amounts of moving the overall plot forward. Secondly, we have said for years that mm-hmm. we love these characters and we would well, watch them sitting them. around, yeah, having fun. So when they deliver it, it's it's. I, I feel it behooves us. It behooves us. Oh, like us. reindeers, indeed. Like Dasher and Dancer and Prixen and Fancer. Oh God, <laughs> that's classic reindeer. I may, I may, I may be those having famous a stroke. Reindeers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it behooves us to to welcome it and and to welcome the fact that it is not you know the the fate of the galaxy at stake. It, mm-hmm. It's just a. a, a you know, a chance to visit with these characters. It's just kidnapping Kevin Bacon, sticking him in a box exactly. and uh, and hanging out with the characters. And what and could be more Christmassy than kidnapping Kevin Bacon? Who doesn't Precisely. want to kidnap Ke- Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon, presumably. Kevin Bacon, yeah. uh, but I, I would Kyra Sedgwick, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that would bring you one degree closer to Kevin Bacon. If you kidnapped Kevin Bacon, you would be just one degree removed it, from it him. It depends how, how you're, you're working the rules, you know, because if you have to appear in a film with Kevin Bacon, then it would only work if you filmed the kidnapping and then released it as a feature. Okay. All right. But here's what... Okay. Go with me on this one. What if you kidnapped Kevin Bacon? Sure. Then sold the movie I mean, no. rights. Right. And then insisted that you and only you play yourself in the movie. I think, I mean, obviously that would work subject to criminal charges. And I think that's where that plan would fall down. Good point. Yeah. Uh, yes. We'll workshop it. It'll right. be fine. Yeah, hadn't thought about that. But anyway, Helen is absolutely right. Because this is, it's a lot of fun. I revisited this last night. I watched it with my, my wife and she hadn't seen it before. She, I don't think she even knew it existed. And she was thoroughly charmed by it. And I reviewed this for Empire. And I was kind of really reluctant to even to review it because... A, I don't like reviewing things, but B, I just thought it's such a slight, 
fun thing. It almost feels like we're just peeking in on James Gunn and his mates playing around. It, it felt a little bit churlish to even criticize it in a way or, or, or even to praise it. But when you see it for a second time, it is just this really fun, warm, Christmassy thing. I had such a good time with the holiday special. Mm. Mm. I felt felt like it was exactly what this kind of thing should be, which is, as Helen said, it's partly a half-hour hangout. It did have a little sprinkling of like, ooh, that's a big MCU plot wrinkle, or Mm -hmm. this is what's been happening with the Guardians since we last saw them. But also just the idea of, what if we did a half-hour special that's about them kidnapping Kevin Bacon? Mm. It felt like as soon as that joke came to mind, it felt like that must have been the crux of this whole thing Mm. like that's such a great idea and it's a way of doing it that I mean setting it on Earth on the one hand for us allows us to see the Guardians on Earth for the first time or or two of the Guardians in fairness yeah Yeah, a couple (laughs) of the Guardians also means for them they can keep Uh, the costs technically they were there in Endgame they were yeah they were but it was a big crater it was a big blasted crater it didn't look like Earth I mean I'll give you that so to see them kind of in Hollywood in our world, you know, was a fun conceit. Mm. And also the way that they managed to weave into that in a way that still kept it fun and light, but like, okay, what is Christmas about? What is the meaning of Christmas? But let's do that Guardians style. I thought it hit all of those things dead on. And I would happily revisit this, yeah. you know, in Christmases and holiday seasons going forward. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think this is going to be a bit of a, a perennial for me. And yet, I gave it three stars and I think I was maybe being a bit harsh, but I also didn't really... Grinch. I was maybe, maybe... <laughs> Scrooge. Yeah, maybe I was being a little bit Scroogey about the whole thing. I, I don't know. I just found it a really tough thing to zero in on in terms of star ratings. And, you know, people can get hung up in star ratings. So let's mm. just take that to one side. But I also said in my review that I felt it was, it was the perfect ending to phase four of the MCU mm. because it was messy it was self-indulgent it was wildly entertaining it was wildly ambitious it was all those things that phase 4 has been and, and maybe even at times a little underwhelming a little not quite what you were expecting and I think that's really really interesting it's like the perfect summary of this mad dotty phase for me yeah it was a lot funnier than I was expecting it to be because I think there have been times when I've found Drax a bit annoying I don't know if I'm alone. How dare you? How dare you, I'd get that. But at times, like he can be very funny. But in this, I thought he was fantastic. Like him and uh, Mantis were great together. It was just quite a fun sort of comedy, mostly of them. And like Kevin Bacon doesn't get to meet Peter Quill until like 15 minutes towards the mm. end. And it was just a lot of fun. And I, it, it was just so enjoyable. They were so relentless in their pursuit of Kevin Bacon. It was very, very funny. Whilst trying not to kill the police mm. on, on their way. But yeah, it was it was great. It was it was so much better than I thought it would be. And I think holiday specials can just be a bit of fun. And it's not quite up there with what James Gunn has done in the past. But it's just enjoyable. It's just it's Christmas fun. And it's nice to spend time with sort of essentially two supporting characters. It's mm-hmm. nice to spend time with um, a couple who have already been established as a great double act, actually, yeah. and just give them a chance to kind of indulge in that. You know, it's not quite Laurel and Hardy, but it, honestly, there's, there's a bit of that energy to it that, that they're... Their sheer incompetence with everything on Earth, um, cu- coupled with the potential for violence and superpowers, like that's a great combo for two, me. I'm loving you it. Wind up two sociopaths because that's basically what they are. In <laughs> Kinda, a way. Yeah, and you just you just let them loose. It's it, it's so much fun. I love those. Guys. I love Drax unreservedly. Neil, uh, I think he's he, you know he's one of my favorite MCU characters. And Mantis has been obviously a, a later addition to the Guardians, but they have that lovely chemistry. Yeah. In, in Guardians Volume 2. And so it was great to see James Gunn lean into that, but also shine a bit more of a light on Mantis, who, you know, if you look back at uh, Infinity War, I'm not sure that she gets... Well, she does. She, she's pivotal in the fight against Thanos, but, you know, the, she doesn't get that ma- that much to do. There aren't that many notes for Palm Clem- Clementive to play, mm. uh, which is not the case here. We get much more of an insight into her. She's just, mm. she's just very, very weird. I love the bit where you know she's the cops are up hanging upside down in the, in the car, and she tries to give him the cane, and then she crawls back and goes, "This, this doesn't look like a man to you, does it?" <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to check. My friend's weird, and, all, and, and she's just completely ragging on Drax all the way through. It's really funny. Yeah, I really have enjoyed them giving Mantis more funny stuff to play because I I do like the dynamic with her and Drax in Guardians Volume 2, but often I feel like she's the butt of the joke, whereas in this and some other stuff recently, she gets to be 
the 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 subject of the joke instead of the butt of it, if that makes sense. Like even just that moment in Thor: Love and Thunder, you know, that really fun film in the summer that is just a great time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, four stars, Ben Travis. Um, nearly five, nearly five. It warmed my heart in such a way. Anyway, well. uh, <laughs> when they have the goats on the ship, uh, there's just that yeah. shot of Mantis just going at the goats, and that <laughs> kills me. Absolutely yeah. kills me every time. And so to see them leaning into the comedic performance of, of Palm Clementiev is so much fun in this as well. It feels like really it's it's a Mantis special, feet Drax, feet Kevin Bacon, also feet the rest of the Guardians. Mm. Mm. The rest of the Guardians are worth mentioning that uh, this does introduce us. So first of all, it introduces us to the idea that Mantis is Peter's half-sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, dun, dun. Yeah, which which you're kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but it you know it, you know and and it's treated with I think just about the right amount of throwaway, but throwaway, also, but also yeah. a sincere kind of emotion here. Also reframes Guardians Two as like, what if you're on a horrible, never-ending road trip with your dad? It does, yeah, oh. yeah, not not easy for her. Um, but also it it establishes a little bit more that uh, what stage Groot is now as, and he now looks, if I'm perfectly honest like a man in a suit uh, at yeah. least in the wide shots and I, I don't know if they used a man in a suit to save a little bit of money on some of the VFX apparently not but it does kind of look that way yeah do, he's he's buff he's ripped yeah. Yeah. yeah do we have a name for this Groot is he like hench Groot buff Beef Groot. Groot wide Groot thick thick Groot, <laughs> Groot. swole Groot <laughs> When are we? When are we going to get this sort of the Thanos-style nudes that that proliferated after oh, no. after Isn't Infinity War? Nude? You know, the, but you know the shot. There's a very famous shot of of Thanos on oh, all butt. fours with his yeah, ass out. Oh, yeah. You know, is, are we going to get that with Groot? I what? really hope not. Why have oh, I no. seen that? <laughs> what, would, what would a tree's butt even look? You know what? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. We well, can Should see I the stump and everything. No. Yeah. Go- oh, no. Google <laughs> a tree's <laughs> butt. Groot <laughs> butt. I mean, they did make jokes about him getting his sap in, didn't they? And that was yeah. All right. Um. And but they also still say something about him, you know, still being a kid in this one. So he is still recognised as a kid, uh, despite being all swollen, hench, and thick. He's like not teen Groot anymore, but he's like young man, young man, university Groot, do, 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 do. kind of thing. Except lads, 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 Groot, lads, Groot. Yeah. lad Groot, lad Groot, lad Groot, lad Groot. Lad Groot. Oh yeah. my God, he's I think into you can bet through them. Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you put 100 Groots on I Am Groot to win the I Am Groot at, at 340. Uh, how could you possibly do that? I mean, anyway, anyway. Yeah, but I, I actually really liked... Obviously, we get very, very minimal glances at, at most of the Guardians here. I'd say Karen Gillan perhaps has less to do than anyone else mm. in this. Rocket has very little, but Rocket yeah. is expensive. Rocket is expensive, so. but uh, I'm glad that they do get him, and I do, I'm glad that it is Bradley Cooper. Mm. Uh, if anyone ever voiced Rocket other than Bradley Cooper and I think someone other than him voiced him in What If and it just feels wrong it feels a little bit yeah, off it does, yeah. so I'm always glad that they get Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel back uh, for these little moments uh, I think Rocket's very nicely handled especially since we have a very very strong suspicion that Volume 3 is going to be very Rocket centric uh, so you know keep him to one side for the time being but I love the bit where in the old 97s are playing their song uh, to Peter Quill in Nowhere and you and you have Groot at the background in the back going, I am Groot, and just rocking out. Yeah. And you can you can watch him, and he's just he's just gyrating. He's loving that that stuff. There's some solid dance moves in this. Like Karen Gillan was mm, was, was, was great. Like there's that there's, people have been sharing that gif a lot. And it's just before I watched it, I saw her like I don't know some move. I'm not going to do it now. I did it. I, but, we uh, got a little preview <laughs> of that in the studio. I wish we could share that with everyone else. Already a video cameras podcast, on. Yeah. <laughs> cameras are, the cameras are on. Yeah, I'll see if I'll see if we capture that. Neil, great. <laughs> I think just also fun to see Karen Gillan even in this small capacity getting to let loose a little mm. bit with Nebula because that character has always been loads of fun to watch because it's a great performance and she's so sardonic and so dry and cutting it's great but she has been through the absolute worst and has been through total torment and even in Guardians 2 has like a big emotional arc to play especially then into Infinity War and Endgame and so to get to see her in kind of Guardians mode in with that group makes me excited for what we might get for her from Guardians 3. And it's also good to see the Guardians again missing Gamora and and seeing what the absence of that of her does to the group because I feel like again that's going to be a huge part of Guardians yeah. three, isn't it? And and her kind of 
presumably one hopes reintegrating. But it, it's got to be super weird because these people have known AU for five years and you have no freaking clue who any of them are. Mm. That is a weird dynamic to play, a really, really strange position to be in for 2014 Gamora, if you will, um, yeah. to, to presumably come back into that group. So, And they have all these memories of a you that is not, the you that you are, you know. And Peter Quill loves the and you. Peter, Peter Quill loves that you, but, yeah. you know, you have never met him except for that one time you kicked him in the balls twice. And you thought he was a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that is a fascinating thing to play. And I think establishing how much she is missed only helps that arc in Guardians 3. But also, can she and Quill... Kang, she Re- can, Kang, Kang, she I'm going to make this happen. Hey. Listen, I think Kang <laughs> might show up in that one. I've, I've, I, you know, you know my theory that Kang may still show up in pretty much every phase movie from phase five and phase six movie from now on, a, a, a version of Kang. That's my theory. Not all, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say Jonathan Majors is going to be a busy boy over the next couple of years. That's my, that's my feeling. But can she and Quill reconnect? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, oh God, (laughs) (laughs) Shang-Chi and Quill reconnect Attorney at Law. (laughs) Just might as well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and it's it's one of these things, it's almost like a, there's almost a predestination kind of question here. Like, were these two always kind of meant to be in love with each other? Is there something in them that is proposed? predisposed to love one another mm. or is it just the accident of circumstances that that sort of took place over the, the five years that she now hasn't had so that's it's kind of an interesting idea to play with I don't know if they'll bother but um, I'm, I'm kind of I'm really excited to see her back encountering the Guardians again at least I think they'll they'll do something because they can't sort of ignore it I suppose because mm. as you say she's been so missed and that that love is still with Peter but not so much, obviously nothing with Gamora because she's a completely different Gamora. So it's a bit of a tricky one. I think they've got a balance, but I think that it, it'll be interesting to see how it's done. And then, you know, we'll talk about the trailer in a minute, but like she's in the trailer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit. Quill's really interesting. I want to talk about Quill mm. because, you know, obviously he's the, you know, he's the, the lead character in this franchise. Um, you know, as I say, I think, I think volume three is going to be very rocket heavy, but it's still going to be ultimately about Quill's story. Mm. And I think that uh, what happens in the holiday special is really interesting because we're, we're, we're at sad sack, depressed Quill, which we got a, a little glimpse of in Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah. four stars, mm. uh, Ben Travis, Emperor Magazine. And, uh, <laughs> and we get more of that now. And it's interesting just watching this guy being kind of unmoored because th- this is my favourite, you know, Andy Dwyer aside, this is my favourite Chris Pratt big screen character. Um, maybe because Star-Lord at heart is actually closer to Chris Pratt. You know, we've talked about this in the podcast mm. for the last few years where he's kind of, he's almost deliberately made a decision to do all these kind of homogenized action heroes who are devoid of personality and devoid of the spark, which is what we loved about him in the first place with Parks and Rec and with, with Guardians. And I want that spark to come back. And you get to see a little bit of that spark coming back here in the holiday special, I I, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that when he meets... Kevin Bacon and finds out exactly what's happened. It's, it's genuine one of the funniest scenes. Like he's so annoyed about it, but then sort of comes around to it as well. Mm. Super touched. Like, yeah, yeah, very touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would be if someone, you know, kidnapped your favorite celebrity and brought them to you in a big box. Yeah. Wouldn't you? But but also concerned in the way that he yes. is. And I yes. think that's, uh, and I, I love his role as um, essentially moral leader of the Guardians because he is so <laughs> ill-equipped to, to guide anyone through life, right? True, he is, yeah. um, by, by birth, by upbringing, he is absolutely ill-equipped to tell anyone right from wrong. And yet, he is the most competent of this crew of people in in understanding what is good and what is bad. And that is a crazy and hilarious position to be in. So, so like, you know, his reaction to that fantastic earworm of a song at the beginning, um, trying to, as they try to understand Christmas and mostly miss, um, and then his reaction, as you say, to the Kevin Bacon thing where, where Groot denies all responsibility. He's like, he, you literally just wheeled him in. We all saw you. I am Groot. I, am Groot. I love... Um, 
Pratt in that moment where he's walking towards the the present and he's his eye he's so happy he's so just over overjoyed and then the present starts moving and a human voice comes from within <laughs> and his face is just like what the hell have these guys done you're absolutely right I and mean, this is one of the things that, that occurred to me last night when I was watching Drax and Mantis just wreak havoc in LA break into Kevin Bacon's house kidnap him fuck up a whole bunch of cops as well <laughs> just in the service of doing this one thing and they're all just the contrast between these guys and the Avengers, you know, who are, I could do this all day, virtuous for the most part, mm. uh, is really, really fun. Uh, they, they, there's no there's no length to which they will not go to take the, the road less traveled. <laughs> I think that's a, a tricky line to tread as well with, with Quill and with Chris Pratt's characterization of him as well, because I feel like maybe the, the Peter Quill of Guardians 1 Mm-hmm. maybe would have been even slightly less horrified by the kidnapping of Kevin Bacon. I think he would have more been on the like, oh, this is awesome kind of side of things as well as like, we probably shouldn't have done that. But I feel like he's grown a lot through those films. And I do think a big part of that will have been the loss of Gamora. I think mm-hmm. that's just like hardened him a bit as a human being. But at the same time, like you were saying, Chris, I don't know, the way that some of Chris Pratt's characterizations have gone, for me, the the character of Owen in the Jurassic World films and how that changed over time and how a lot of the personality kind of was lost from that role, I do want them to kind of slightly mature up Peter Quill in the way that they are doing without losing the personality. Mm. The glimpses that we've had in Love and Thunder and in the Holiday Special give me confidence that they're able to do that. I... I'm cautiously optimistic for Guardians 3 and, and his role in that because I just I just see Chris Pratt performances these days and I'm like, where is all that charisma? Where's that gone? And I think of any role you would feel that the most, it would be if we got a slightly deadened version of Peter Quill. At the same time, I do want to see this slightly more mature or slightly more conflicted version of Peter because it shows how far he's come mm-hmm. from that first Guardians film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. But it's interesting in the trailer. By the way, we're going to kind of double up and talk about the the trailer for Volume Three as well. In the trailer, we do get a sense. You know, there's a couple of shots which are really interesting. There's one of him seemingly being tortured, presumably by the high evolutionary, <laughs> and you know that's obviously quite dark. And there's a shot where the Guardians are walking back to nowhere and they're holding Quill in their arms, and he looks. You know, I'm sure he's not dead. They're not going to show a shot of Peter Quill dead in the trailer. Although I don't think all the Guardians are going to walk away from Volume 3. But certainly he's badly injured. Mm. And they're bringing him back to nowhere for reasons. So I think he's going to go through an awful lot. I think you're right. The Quill that we met being the jackass in, you know, on Morag back in the first Guardians, that's probably gone now. Interesting also that they, they mention here that they've basically taken over nowhere yeah. that they're making it yeah. sort of their base yeah, yeah. so so their position in the in the galaxy has fundamentally changed and is fundamentally changing those that in the trailer we're seeing them in what appear to be Novacore uniforms right so they're mm-hmm. trying to go legit they're trying to go straight and they seem vastly unsuited to it but um, they're too legit to quit they are they're not legit enough to start, I would say. Um, but, but that's like that's a fun thing to explore. Like what what are what can they do as a sort of a day job? Because clearly making first contact is not for them, judging by the trailer. You know, they're not going to be diplomats who go out and and solve problems. They're not going to be that uh, they're not a massive military force either that you send out. So, so what exactly is their role in a world where they're not just causing havoc? And mm. that's a kind of an interesting thing, I think, to explore if that's what they're doing in in number three. Mm-hmm. I just want to go to a theme park that is Guardians Run Nowhere. Like, I want to go there. I want to eat all the space popcorn. I want to have the weird drinks. I ideally want to meet Rocket. Mm. Especially Baby Rocket. When oh. are we talking about the trailer? Oh, when are we talking Rocket. about Baby Rocket? Oh my God. So my baby He's so fluffy. Oh, oh look at tiny. Oh, little Rocket. Very oh. cute. Yeah. Uh, before we get on the trailer, I, I want to talk very, very quickly about Nowhere. So they, they, there's a line about how we bought it from the Collector, which is interesting because my assumption was after Infinity War that the Collector had been vaporized by Thanos when Thanos beats the Guardians to nowhere mm. and we see yeah. he you know he does the big reveal with the reality stone and it's on fire and you even get Benicio Del Toro the last thing we see of him is his his, his avatar his, his Thanos construct waving goodbye 
So I just thought that was, and maybe we'll never see him again. But maybe. presumably he didn't die and he's, he doesn't want this place anymore for obvious reasons. Take it off me. Take it off me. Is it a commentary on collectors and how eventually you just have too much stuff and you have to sell your collection <laughs> because you can't have entire floating celestial heads full of junk uh, you need to. Yeah, you know, I, I had to sell mine. It was, it, was, it was really upsetting. <laughs> oh no! It paid for my flat, so it's okay. Maybe I mean, got wow. Hit by yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, as an entire floating celestial head, yeah. almost as much as a London, London flat. Yeah, nearly, yeah. nearly. Nowhere is surprisingly roomy. Uh, you could get yeah. a, you could get a lot of people in there. Yeah, I should have uh, just lived there instead. You should have. Yeah, you should just go <laughs> to nowhere. What a yeah. fool! The heating costs. Imagine, imagine what the heating bill would be. On yeah, they're putting it on the um, Elizabeth line next year as well. Oh, so even though it's really far away, you'll be able to get to London. Oh, great. Really. Oh, I live on the nice. Elizabeth line now. It's great. Whoa, get to nowhere time. in 50 minutes. <laughs> there you go. It is the most Guardians of all the, the transport lines. It really it's is. Yeah. It's, it's purple. Purple. like the most yeah, yeah, Guardians-y yeah. colour. <laughs> what <laughs> am I talking about now? I'd like, I'd like volume three was massively delayed. So... <laughs> Okay, I guess. Uh, all right. So, anything else from the holiday special you want to talk about? I mean, the very fact that Helen mentioned, you know, the holiday special name is is a joke. It's obviously mm. a reference to the Star Wars holiday special. Mm. You know, so you're basically going, okay, the, the, this is the lowest bar possible. We're going to clear it, and I think that's even where the animation comes from, the animated, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, prologue, and then we we obviously get a flashback to to Yondu and, and Kraglin as well, which because there was an, there were animated sections in the holiday special, which with, is where with Boba, Boba Fett, Fett was introduced, yeah. 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 Yeah, I watched it um, a couple of years ago when the Star Lego Star Wars Holiday Special came out, which is very good. Oh, People who good. haven't seen that yeah, should totally really watch it. Yeah. Very funny. I really like the animated stuff here. I think it was harking back to the uh, Ralph Bakshi mm. style of animation. And I was watching it thinking, I kind of wish What If looked more like this. It's still my big beef with What If <laughs> is the animation style and the character models and stuff they use. And then whatever they did, the kind of rotoscoping effects I think they used on the uh, book-ending bits of the holiday special, I was like, this looks great and it looks nostalgic, but it looks good enough. I kind of wish What If looked more like that. Maybe they'll do What If an episode of What If looked like this. <laughs> and then that'll be the best episode of the series. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, anything else from the holiday special? Any moments that you really liked? Anything? I just love watching Drax and Mantis bumble around LA, mm. for yeah. example. Yeah, it was, oh, it was yeah. nice to see... Um, the God of War joke was funny, even yeah. as a non-player. Yeah, no, I, I loved all the stuff. I loved the uh, the stuff outside the uh, the, the Grauman's Chinese Theater in in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is clearly guy... rebuilt, by the way, after the explosion in Iron Man. After the explosion in yes. Iron Man three, and uh, of course, there, there's some slight you know continuity things. You know, so there's the the Avenger Con in Miss Marvel, where there's Drax merchandise, and yet Drax is walking around L.A. and no one seems to know that he and Mantis are heroes who were part of the battle of, of Earth. I mean, so, who can keep know. track of all of that? Maybe that's only the nerds really yeah. know, you know, and he does get obviously mistaken for someone else. So that's... Kind yes. Of also, the, the go-bot that he beats the shit out of is played by Daniel Bernhardt, who is obviously an ace stuntman, fight coordinator, and an actor that you'll have seen being killed by John Wick. He's also the one of the dudes who gets beaten up in the bus by Bob Odenkirk and, and nobody. You'll know him. You'll have seen him. He's... Also, partly uh, the oneer in Atomic Blonde, mm. the big stairway fight. You know, he's he's a, a dude. So I love that he's dressed up as a go-bot and being beaten, <laughs> beaten to pulp by by Drax here. Um, but anyway, w we might stick around. Helen's got to go in in a, in a few seconds. She's got the most unchristmassy of things, which is a hard out. Uh, but Helen. Mm. Let's talk about Guardians 3. Now, you are not Guardians agnostic, but you're Guardians ambivalent. But where did you sit on this trailer? Where did, where did it land for you? Because for me, it just made me... I, I'm so stoked for this movie. Yeah, I'm, I think it's a really good trailer and I'm, I'm very hopeful. I, I liked Guardians 1. I think I get called a hater just because it's not in my like top five. I think it's a good... Marvel film, but it's not one of my one of the ones that is very close to my heart. It doesn't you know? have Steve Rogers in it. It doesn't have Steve Rogers in it, which I, you know, I can't forgive. There are some things no. you can forgive, some things you can't. That can't I can't forgive. It. I can't get past no. it. Um, but otherwise, I, I think it's a really good film. I, I really, really didn't like Guardians Two, and I thought it was um, weak in a lot of ways. Even though there's lots of good stuff in it, I didn't love it as a film overall at all, and that's very low on my. Marvel list um, of things. So, um, but this one, I am, I am hopeful for, and, and part of the reason I'm hopeful is because of this holiday special. Because I feel like it leaned back into character um, in a, in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, because I'm excited to see what happens with the sort of love story of the Guardians with Peter and Gamora in Guardians Three, and I think that's a little bit hinted at at least. Um, 
in everything we've seen in Thor and now in this. Um, I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, the action obviously looks cool. Two bad guys, uh, or one and a half, depending on Adam Warlock's, you know, allegiances, mm. um, always slightly worries me because I think you can mm-hmm. get so caught up in explaining yeah. who your bad guys are that you lose sight of your heroes. There, there's a lot of moving parts in Guardians 3, which always gives me a little bit of pause. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, at the same time... Pause, rocket. Pause, pause rocket. rocket. I mean, yeah, so you've, so you've got the rocket story, you've got the Gamora story, you've got the overall sort of Guardians arc of whatever it is they're doing in, the, in those scenes with, with Novacorp. You've got the High Evolutionary, you've got Adam Warlock. You, you know, you have whatever's happening with, with Quill in those kind of torture scenes, which obviously presumably interact with at least one of the bad guys. You know, there's a lot of stuff to to delve into there, and and um, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, that that's my only real concern is can can they get the balance right, and can they get the the emotional through line to feel strong enough with all of that going. And my on? concern is that James Gunn doesn't have a track record of ensemble movies, so I, I, he he hasn't he hasn't shown in the past that he can handle large casts and and moving. Oh wait, no, he has. Okay, uh, so, look, look, I'm, you know, but think, I'm saying no, but he, he did. Can. I don't think he did that in mm-hmm. Guardians Two, for example. So that's why I have concerns. Obviously, you know, I think I. I, I think know you. Did, I know. But, yeah. I know. But also, you, Suicide you, Squad, and you know, see, I think in, in again, James don't, trust. I, I don't adore the Suicide Squad either. So you know, it's I. I am. I am hopeful. I'm optimistic. I. I like several of his films a lot, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure yet that it's going to be everything I hope and dream. Oh my God! What a Guardians hater. Uh, so <laughs> before you go, uh, James Gunn himself said on Instagram this week, someone was going, you know. Uh, someone was going. Someone, someone, someone said something about you know the characters you know moving forward in the uh, in the MCU, and he was like, not all of them, mm. and uh, yeah. you know, so there is a heavy, heavy indication that not all the Guardians are going to make it out of yeah. this. It's going to be the end of the road for some of them. A lot of people are already fearing for Rocket's life. Yeah, we get that shot in the trailer where we see the sort of the the robotic aspect where his fur has been blown away a little bit, been scratched away or blown mm. or burned away. And he does look like, you know, this could be Rocket's last stand. What, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I worry for that very much as well because I think he's the, um, in some ways, the most vulnerable and uh, of them, you know, to, to being killed by a filmmaker <laughs> in the sense of everyone will care. Everyone will, uh, everyone loves him. And and he is someone who's always been a little bit on the fringes and, and a little bit alone. And I think, you know, this would sort of complete a tragic arc. But but if we're seeing his backstory as well, that's also a bit of a, you know, that's a bit of a danger sign, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you start seeing somebody's tragic backstory, it's yeah. like a guy in a war movie showing you a picture of his wife back home. Just don't do it, fella. Mm-hmm. He's coughing into a hanky and there's some blood there's in that. There's some blood on yeah. the hanky, you know. I mean, it's it's like a woman throwing up in a movie. Oh my God, she's pregnant. Oh no, you know. So He's a I, week away from retirement. But, but I mean, <laughs> and look, the, the MCU does have a, a habit of sometimes pulling the wool out from under us with things like this. I mean, remember, if you will, uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye in, yeah. in uh, Age of Ultron. Mm. So we could all be barking up the wrong tree. Um, do raccoons bark? Anyway, but... Space I'm, dogs bark. Cosmo okay. barks. Barking so, up the wrong Groot. Yeah. Um, and yes, we've got Cosmo now. We didn't even talk about that. Yay. Um, but I, I I am worried. Yeah, I am worried for Rocket. And I'm, I'm also worried because James Gunn loves Rocket. And he said, you know, when I was on set, the very first one, he was talking about like Rocket is his true love, basically. Mm. And I think if if this is his farewell to the Guardians, he may, you know, say goodbye to his true love in a rather final way as he goes out the door. Also, I don't, I don't think he's ruled by sentiment. So, you know, he mm. loved Michael Rooker. He oh, loves yeah, absolutely. Yondu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He kills Yondu yeah. in, in volume two. Oh, that's not what I mean. I, I don't think he'd yeah. keep around, him around for sentiment, but I think no. he'd, he'd sort of, you know, if there's one character he wants to wrap up their story on his terms, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it would be Rocket. Absolutely. All right. Get ye, get ye to wherever you're going to. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to record six more pods. Wow. Wow. Rabbit, fire up the pods. <laughs> Thanks all. Wow. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, holidays. <laughs> Merry holidays. <laughs> Merry holiday special, everybody. Okay, Helen's gone. Who else do you, who, so now it's us, just us, we're going to talk real quick about um, little bits in the holiday special, but but mainly now the trailer for Volume 3, which I think is absolutely tremendous and just, you know, said in the regular podcast, is already making me aware that I'm going to be feeling all the feels during Volume 3. Uh, ben, if you were to do a Guardians Deadpool right now, who would be top of your list? For who's die? If you're topping the Deadpool, does that mean you you are going to die or you're yeah, going to the, live? Yeah, the odds are short. Ooh. Um, I hate to say it, but maybe Nebula, because 
I want good things for Nebula after everything she's gone through, but I just wonder if they are going to try and like, because her story was so wrapped up with Thanos and with the Gamora stuff, whether they see more for Nebula going forward. And I don't know how much Karen Gillan is kind of tied into wanting to do more Marvel stuff down the line. Although you also have to think about who's going to be a useful person for the Avengers Mm. going forward, which is why, as you say, maybe Rocket could be quite vulnerable in a way that maybe Peter Quill isn't because maybe they want Star-Lord around for Kang Dynasty and Secret Invasion in a way that Rocket maybe is less essential to those things. Maybe Nebula actually is a helpful person to have on the board in the different modes that she can play and the abilities that she brings to the table. Um, But she feels like maybe slightly extraneous to the core group. Interesting. Very interesting. Neil, who are you killing? Uh, Drax. Drax. Yeah. Well, in fairness, you're consistent. You've come in hating on Drax. (laughs) You've ended hating on Drax. Well, uh, I don't hate Drax, I promise. I promise I don't. But I think similar to to what Ben said just now, like I feel like his story is kind of complete as well because his main goal for such a long time was to find the people who have caused him harm, like Thanos and anyone else, and kill them. They're all dead. So, like, everyone who has any responsibility for, for killing his family, they're all gone. So I feel like his sort of motivations aren't quite there anymore. So maybe this could be, like, a a way to sort of resolve his story in a way. I get that. I get that. And I, I guess a sort of dramatic, heroic sacrifice so yeah. everyone else could live might might work. But, yeah, I just think because your dramatic purpose is over doesn't necessarily mean that you have outlived your usefulness. I mean, you can find another yes. dramatic purpose. And yeah. I think it's interesting, the, you know, we haven't really talked about it, we talked about it a little bit, but the fact that Mantis has been revealed as Quill's sister in this is really interesting. And that feels like they're loading the bases, yeah. uh, to use a cricket term, uh, for for Volume 3. You know, it's going to be very, very interesting. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit in the, they're not going to kill Quill, because Chris Pratt's a huge star and you'll want your huge star in Kang Dynasty yeah. and Secret Wars. But also we all know this timey-wimey multiverse stuff, so you could always have a little play around that. You could kill this quill and then have another quill pop up in those, possibly. Uh, it's 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 really interesting. I don't know. My, my feeling is that Rocket's a, a red herring. Um Mm. And I know he's not. I know he's a raccoon. But my feeling hey, is... Hey, don't call what? him that. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Trash panda. Sorry, yes, he's not a, He's not that. He is a trash panda. He is a rabbit, as we all know. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I think Ben might be onto something with, with Nebula. Mm. I don't think they're going to... I don't think he's going to kill Gamora again. Uh, I think Rocket's too obvious. He's not going to kill Groot again. But there's clearly something that goes down. That, that big showdown at the end, you know, that, that shot of... It's interesting he repeats the We Are Groot thing but the the yes. the emphasis is slightly different this time it's mm. more defiant it's more like we are going out uh with a bang there's a this is a weird comparison to make but there's a wild bunch feeling to me to the trailer you know the way the wild bunch at the end of that movie you know they do the right thing and they go back to get angel even though they know it means spoiler alert for a film made in 1969 certain death they know they're not coming out of that place but it's mm. the right thing to do and I wonder if there's an element of that that the, the Guardians are going to end up going into the final battle with 12% of a plan mm. but also the knowledge that they're not all going to walk away from it but it's the right thing to do because even though they may be a bit morally off centre they always get it right in the end I feel they still try and do the right thing whether they're mo- where their morals are they, they still try and do the right thing. So I think, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think they will try to carry on doing the right thing no matter the cost because they kind of, they keep doing that. They'll, you know, those those times when you're going to rob someone and they didn't rob them or, you know, the, 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 the initial motivations might not be great overall, but they do, as I keep saying, they try and do the right thing. So I'll be curious to see how they, they, they go with, with this and that defiant I am Groot was yeah it was we it was, are Groot we, excuse we me are we Groot. are Groot is very powerful I think my main hope for Guardians 3 though is that it can do the thing of balancing that kind of it's the end of an era it's the end of James Gunn's time with Marvel it's the end of the trilogy of these characters we've got 
terrible things seemingly happening for Rocket and for Quill. And at the same time, we have Drax absolutely lamping a child in the face with a ball. (laughs) And I just really love that juxtaposition in the trailer, let alone in the film. I really hope it has a good mix of those things because I think for the Guardians to work, and I think Volume 2 to me is unwieldy but very good it's kind of an all over the place film but all the pieces of it actually really work for me Mm. and it is doing that thing of kind of zigging and zagging between extreme japes and harrowing emotion and I kind of hope for that maybe in a slightly more wieldy is that the opposite of unwieldy? I guess it is yeah yeah. in a slightly more wieldy form for for volume 3 of the stakes are high. This is going to be an emotionally charged film. At the same time, I do want the kind of crazy, fun Guardian antics that we get from them because nobody brings that to the MCU like these a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple of last things. Watching it for the first time, there was something that felt a little bit off for me about Drax and I realised what it was on my second viewing. He's wearing clothes. Oh, Yeah. He's right. wearing clothes. He's not, you know, he's not doing the... Uh, oh, clearly what's, what's happened is Dave Batista has let himself go. <laughs> and he's got, you know, big old paunch, a uh, big old Christmas paunch. And they went, Dave, what are you going to do? And he's like, I've done working out, guys. This is obviously not what happened. For, you know, just so legal can, you know, can, can relax. <laughs> Too many Zognuts. Too many Zognuts. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, well, Mantis ate the whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's I love Drax so much. I don't know why you don't like him, Neil, but the fact that she goes, that secret, the secret we told that you ate too many Sargnuts, you ate all the Sargnuts. I love that's where he goes immediately. He's so, he's so literal. I love that guy so much. But also yeah. then just, it makes uh, Mantis snap. Just, I think that's the most we've ever seen Mantis <laughs> yeah. lose a shift. Like, we're not talking about the Sargnuts! <laughs> Amazing. She's so good in this. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he was wearing that lovely jacket and I think he's he's wearing clothes and pretty much all the uh, Volume Three trailer as well. That was interesting. Yeah, I, I did enjoy his, uh, his Christmas jumper in the holiday special yes. as well. Oh, meant to and, mention that. And her Christmas cardigan. Yeah, with the, with the, the yeah, so very good. cool, very so cool. good. Um, I thought that the Kevin Bacon stuff was perhaps not as well observed as it could have been. Uh, but it's interesting for people watching in this country. The moment where he gets a phone call in space from his wife, Kira Sedgwick, is really interesting because you know that's just a perfect opportunity to put an EE joke in there and they, and, and, yeah, and they, yeah, they don't do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do it but uh, but yeah I thought he was fine Kevin Bacon it was it was, it was all good yeah. um, Bucky's arm oh, oh God, yes. again just a perfect joke yeah. they must have realised uh, uh, there must have been a point where James Gunn goes oh Rocket can get the arm for Christmas and it was instantly like yes we need to make the special the, the Kevin robot uh, leading K-E-V-I-N. Marvel Studios K-E-V-I-N just puts a big tick next to Guardians Holiday Special because of that joke alone make it happen make it so yes James Gunn you can now make the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special oh my god He's Kevin is here get that arm <laughs> how does he get the arm though Remind I mean, me. it's an old arm, right? Is at this arm? point, Bucky's he... got like a like a, almost like a black blue with gold trimmings arm that he got in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think. So the right. silver one was the one the Rocket wanted from Infinity War. Yeah, I didn't think I'm this was, get was this was this a silver one. That was his. That, it, that I thought he got the one, silver arm. This right? was the arm from Infinity War. This yeah. was the arm that he's... So the arm that he received the is from Infinity War. He has in Infinity yeah, 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 yeah. But the yeah, arm that Bucky has now is like a blackish, bluish... Don't even fancy a one of them. Ben, don't, don't make me go back and revisit Falcon and the Winter Soldier to see whether he gets a new arm, please. <laughs> please. Okay. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I think you might be right. I think he does get a new arm in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All it right. could even be a consensual arm giving. I don't know if that makes it less fun for Rocket, knowing that the arm was given willingly. I would doubt that very much. I think that... He just wants the arm. There are many questions about that. You know, <laughs> the, the holiday specials are obviously longer versions of the one-shots, and I, I now want to see a Marvel one-shot. They haven't done one in years, but I want to see a Marvel one-shot about how they got Bucky's arm and where from. <laughs> the darkest version, of course, is that they've just killed Bucky and taken it. But we know he's going to be in Thunderbolts, so... But I'd be all for them killing Bucky off screen. That'd be, that'd be wild. That'd be absolutely wild. Uh, 
two last things. Music. This is a Guardians mini good. film. What do we think of the music? There's a couple of original songs in there, but there's also some Christmas songs. There's Christmas rapping. There's obviously Fairy Tale of New York at the beginning and then again at the end. And they cut around the problematic words so everyone's happy. Uh, so what, 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 do we, what do we think of that? Loved it. Very good. I think James Gunn's always got a sort of a good, a keen ear for, for, for music for his films. Like, no matter how, how, how good or bad they are, the, the music's always solid. Like, yeah, I loved it. And I, I like the fact there was original songs in it as well. Just, and just like the, we talked about before, like the sort of interjection of Peter of the first song is like, that's not what happens. That's not right. It's just very funny as well, like throwing in some comedy yeah. with the music. Mrs. Right. Claus, she works the pole. <laughs> yeah. Is one of <laughs> yeah, I was a big fan of it using, uh, making a big use of Christmas rapping which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. songs. Yeah. Also, Smashing Pumpkins Christmas Smashing song. Yes. This is like the pivotal song in the whole thing. So big thumbs up for that as a, as a big pumpkin head. Now, is that, mm. does that indicate that Peter is now moving past the 70s and 80s in terms of his musical taste? Yeah, must be moving into the 90s. I mean, yeah, he's been with living the, with the Zoom for yeah. a little while mm. now. Uh, it feels like obviously they're holding all of that back really for volume three, but yes. I guess a bit of a sign uh, that, yeah, Pumpkins features on... The Zune. Maybe we'll get, I don't know, Cherub Rock or something from <laughs> Melancholy. Well, uh, what is Peter Quill if not a space boy? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what is he right now if not Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? I would... I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of Smashing Pumpkin stuff. I, I, I'm trying to think of ones that I could shoehorn into a Guardians reference. I don't think I can do it. All right, uh, yeah. But I, I also, as uh, Neil said, on top of that, to then also create a genuinely fun and good new Christmas song that I could feel myself wanting to add to Christmas playlists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is yeah. no mean feat because I think it's really hard to actually make a good new Christmas song and make it punch through. And I think especially the one at the start of the special was really fun. Mm, really good. And yeah. just a good song in its own right I, I will be adding that to my Christmas playlist what about the Kevin Bacon one you're going to add that to, uh, to uh, Christmas maybe it was good it wasn't as good as the first one first one was really good yeah good yeah. start okay do you think it would have been better if they'd held Kevin Bacon back for the marketing and the yes. introducing Kevin yes Bacon? I wish they, yeah. I mean it was one thing seeing that in the trailer and going oh that's brilliant I can't wait for this now mm. and yet at the same time I would have watched it anyway all they had to market it off was it's the Guardians in a holiday special and yeah. everyone would have been there and I think having the surprise of this is about them kidnapping Kevin Bacon to bring to Peter Quill would have been a really great reveal. They didn't show that much of the Kevin Bacon stuff. Like, he was mm. in it a lot. But, I don't know. I wish they'd hold, held that back because it was yeah. such a good reveal. I keep asking myself, is that his house? <laughs> it's a nice house. It's a very nice house. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. But no, I, I, suspect, I suspect it probably isn't. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, but he's just beautifully decorated with a, with a candy cane in the, in the, and, and a funny little man. And by the way, that may be my f- favorite moment in the whole thing, that Drax is just obsessed with this Christmas elf, <laughs> this funny little man. The moment where they're trying to chase after Kevin Bacon, and he goes, wait, I dropped my funny little man. And, and this goes, what would you rather do? Would you rather show love and devotion to Peter Quill by going to kidnap Kevin Bacon to bring him back as a Christmas present? Or you're a funny little man. And the, the, the comedic timing, Dave Bautista is just blessed with comedic timing. Just, just a moment where he goes, funny little man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just glorious. It's, you know, he is now he is now the weapon that James Gunn can go to to get out of any scene. You can end a scene with a Drax reaction shot or a Drax line and just move on to the next. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. I love it so much. But last thing is, you know, Rocket ends the uh, with the post credit sting by breaking the fourth wall and saying, "Looks like we're, we might need another special." Would you be up for another Guardians holiday oh, special, hell yeah. or would you like there to be another holiday special for another Marvel character or mm. team? Uh, I mean, either I would be happy for somebody else to get a Christmas special. Although I think it would be a really nice thing. Obviously, James Gunn is about to have a big job on his hands at DC, but all the way through in doing the Suicide Squad and then coming back for Guardians 3, James Gunn's thing has been, yes, these two companies are kind of friendly rivals, but it doesn't need to be a sabotage each other competition. Mm. And he had Kevin Feige on the set of the Suicide Squad. 
he's kind of brought people into his roster across DC and across the MCU. Mentions Batman and Bruce Wayne in this. Right? I, I would love it if James Gunn was like, I, I'm basically done with my Marvel stuff. I'm going to go and look after DC and get a bit of a plan going there. But at the same time, I could every so often drop in and do another Guardians Christmas special, play with these characters that I love, come back to Marvel, even though my main kind of bread these days as a DC. I would love that as a kind of just a, a symbolizing of what he's been extolling this whole time that it doesn't have to be this big intense rivalry that mm. for filmmakers and for people involved in these things we just want to see good stuff and audiences deserve good stuff and he can make good stuff good stuff make good stuff there good you stuff. go that's, <laughs> that's our takeaway here James Gunn if you're listening to this and I know you are uh, make good stuff Neil, who would you like to see, if indeed anyone? Yeah, I'd see another Guardians one, but I was just thinking, like, I just want, there's so many characters who lend themselves to sort of Christmassy stuff, like Ant-Man would be great, Phil Thor, like, there's a lot of comedic sort of, you know, sensibilities there, but, like, maybe, like, a, someone a little bit sort of, you know, off-center, like, Captain Marvel would be interesting just to throw a sort of, it's like a fish-out-of-water sort of sort of thing, like, um, maybe not, but I don't know. <laughs> I think. What does she do for Christmas? This is the... Uh, yeah. A, a Christmas? Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. There you there go. You go. Oh, turkey Eternals. And Eternals holiday special. I don't think we're ever going to see the Eternals again. <laughs> it is 45 <laughs> minutes of Druig and Makari relentlessly flirting with each other while Harry Styles and a troll get drunk in the background. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. They, 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 they do a joke. Because you know they're famously the chucklesome, the chucklesome <laughs> Eternals. They'd be back. I don't. Know, I hope we've seen them again. But uh, yeah. I think they might be in the background of some shots in Kang Dynasty. And, 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 and we will cheer. We will be the we people cheering. Cheer. We'll be high fiving each other, going, "Yes, there they are, the Eternals." Yeah, you Please guys don't ask me to name them. Not me. <laughs> Not a clue. Yeah. <laughs> not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a, I'd be definitely up for some more Guardians holiday specials down the line. Um, although, if Volume Three turns out how I think it's going to turn out, it would be a really dark and depressing holiday special. <laughs> yeah, they'd be just putting Rocket's corpse under the tree. Oh, my God. I don't like that. You put him on top of the tree like a star. <laughs> I regret saying that already. <laughs> Have you put your tree up yet? I have. Yeah. Have you put your tree up yourself? No, I put it in the hallway. Um, there you go. So, so the next Guardians holiday special is the corpse of Rocket impaled upon Groot, who is then liberally festooned with Christmas paraphernalia, baubles and such. James Gunn, I know you're going to DC, but please do whatever you can to stop this from happening. Please stay around at Marvel long enough to James make sure Gunn, that isn't what is happening. If please. you do not meet my terms, this is what will happen. <laughs> I, I, I will I will make this. It's real. Mr. Gunn, I left you all the clues. <laughs> Stuff right there. James Gunn does not negotiate with terrorists. Uh, anyway, on that note, it's time to stop being a bunch of jackasses sitting slash standing in a circle uh, and stop talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I am so stoked for Volume 3, I cannot even begin to tell you. But I hope you guys have enjoyed this. This obviously isn't the last spoiler special before Christmas. There will be more coming your way very, very soon. But just in case, Merry Christmas to everyone listening to this and from Ben and Neil. Goodbye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas and oh, happy oh. holidays in case you do not celebrate Christmas, of course, on this or indeed any other planet. Right, should we get the Elizabeth line to nowhere? I mean, that's basically where it goes, isn't it? <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.